Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends, one of the most informative and entertaining talk radio shows today. From social issues and trending topics to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So join us now for Real People, Real Topics, Real Talk. Let's face it. Happy Sunday, everybody. It is Sunday, October the 4th. Thanks for tuning in to Will's, to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. We are your hosts. I'm Will Strayhorn. And Alicia Brown. How you doing, Alicia? I am doing really well. Very, I know you very, are. Very well. I <laughs> know up, you Will. are. Shut <laughs> up. You know, it, I it's know been. you are. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I know you're cheesing. You are grinning from ear to ear. You have been doing that all week. Shut up. <laughs> No, yeah. I'm not going to ask how that you know. Cause you and it's not me. even spring. It's not even spring and love is in the air. Oh, my, my, my. <laughs> my, my, my. <laughs> yes, that, that has me grinning as well. Yes, but one yes. of the well, biggest accomplishments of this week yeah. has been our favorite word that we rarely get. It's called what rest. Oh, R-E-S-T. did you? Oh, you know what? Okay. Will now, was that because it? of... Ho Queen, Ho, what is that name? Is that Ho Queen or Ho Queen? What was the name of this storm that was supposed to have came? Is he the one that calls you to get the rest? You know what? God bless I can, you. know, the yes, first time they give a black, the, the, the storm a black name, I can't even pronounce it. What is it? That Ho Queen? not a black name. Jehovah Queen, whatever, honey. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever I'm he glad he didn't come, whoever it was. I mean, look at the side effects of it. But, yeah, yeah I, yeah. um. I had taken off of my day job on Thursday because I had an awards luncheon. And then right. Friday, Congratulations. I just, thank you. What I you being nom- what, I never asked, what were you being nominated for? I, I received two nominations. Um, one Whoa. was for Entrepreneur and one was for Woman on the Rise. Woman so, on the Rise. Go ahead. We're going to yeah. claim it for you. We're going to claim Hallelujah, that for you. won't he do it? Uh, <laughs> yes, he will. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Now I need you to claim a dress, okay? Um, you know what? I gave up on that because I told you what was our original plan. Our original plan was we were no. going to turn that place out in November. I'm still planning on doing that. But oh, every dress I sent you, every dress I sent you, it's, it's not that. It's not this. And I was like, once you told me that I could dress you, that should have been it. I did. I'm sorry. Nate and I had talked about, we had talked about your hair, your makeup, your oh, dress, and everything. God bless you. You shot everything down. So I was like, okay, what well, did I tell evidently you, Alicia what did wants I tell to dress you? herself. <laughs> yes, I did. Mm-hmm. In this season, okay. I'm learning how to relinquish control. So I wasn't there yet, Will. I still ain't you were, there yet. You know what? You weren't. We still and have I'm time. still not. Look, I'm learning how to relinquish control in a relationship. Give me kudos for that. I haven't learned on the wardrobe and everything else. We'll get there eventually. We'll we'll get there. I can You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna live vicariously through you. Is that okay? Oh, okay, cool. During during this season of your life, I'm gonna. Well, I will too with the dress, because um. Well, I'm not wearing a dress, boo. (laughs) You know, it's hard going somewhere with Mr. Strayhorn. Jesus. Him and those yeah. outfits, it make you sick because it's hard but, to be a diva next to Will Strayhorn. 
Oh, but we're going to make it happen. We're yeah, going to make we it are. happen. We are. I'm looking forward to it. It's November 1st, right? And why don't you tell yes, everybody it what is. it's about? Oh, you want me to do that? Yeah. Okay, then. Well, of course, it's the Achi Magazine Awards, which recognizes um, women um, in the local area. Actually, not just the local area. It's it's throughout um, on yeah. various categories. I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. about everything from um, artists, um, women, you know, in, in literary, or, you know, they really expanded a lot of their categories this year. Um, right. So it's just it's just a wide recognition of women that are actually doing positive things in the community. And this is also a Christian-based magazine. So you oh, that's really... Amazing. That's amazing. I am... Yeah. Um, I am Excited. the fashion and beauty beauty editor for the magazine. Did you know that? No, I did not. No, yeah, I, look I, on the I website. My picture's up there. Yeah. Oh, so that means I sort of should have trusted you with the um, hey, um, hey, yeah, hey, look, oh, look. oh, you're still learning me. to relinquish control. I'm gonna let you do you, <laughs> but baby, Biggie, I've been getting ready chance. for this award. Give it one more chance, Biggie. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> I get it together. We're gonna be we'll fabulous do. that night. We're yeah, we are. I'm looking forward to it. Have a lot of fun. I a lot am of as fun. Well. I yeah. am as well. But how was your weekend, Mr. Strayhorn? My weekend, let's see, I did absolutely nothing. I did nothing this see, weekend. I did have we an opportunity. both did nothing. No. You know what? Oh I my. went through, it was one of those challenging weeks for me mentally. So um, oh. I was just ready for whatever the weekend brought. The storm never came. I really didn't even go out and buy a lot of things. Um, I didn't either. As my mother and my coworker had urged me to do, I didn't do that. But, um you know, just pretty, a, a pretty chill relationship. I woke up this morning. I had a. Uh, I was supposed to go to um, the church that I had been visiting on a regular basis, but my mom had called me last night and um, told me, to, you know, invited me to come to church with them. So I woke up this That's morning. Hadn't been to this church. Yeah, they belong to Calvary. Um, hadn't been to that church. church. Is it? Yeah, it was my old church as well. Um, a couple of years ago. But you know it don't oh take much with me in churches for me to, you know, for me to go. <laughs> but I haven't been in that church in a while. Went to the church, and you know it was one of those things where I see exactly why I was there because the word that Bishop Macbeth brought forth, it was almost yeah. like it's like in this season, it's like God's playing. He 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 knows that I'm kind of bored, so he's playing games with me. It's like he'll 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 do something in a certain situation that will get me to a certain point of understanding. And then something else that happened in a totally different situation where I'll get the second part. Well, something that I had learned earlier in the week, Courtney McBeth, Pastor McBeth, or Bishop McBeth, he finalized today's message. Yes. So I was like, okay, I understand exactly why I was sitting there in that church um, getting Mm. what I got. So I had a good day. Came home. um, Well, I did. I cooked some chicken and stuff and just chilled. Chill. You know, I'm what? really boring. I realize that I'm, I have a really boring life. Um, Actually, Will, so I, here's I the thing. Let me give you a little that. secret. Let me give what? you a little secret. When you're grown and you act mm-hmm. like a grown-up, your life is mm-hmm. pretty much boring. There is a uh, high point. There is some excitement. But your life yeah. as an average person is boring. Mm-hmm. The people that uh, say your life is boring and it lacks excitement, them the people that are doing stuff that's called excitement, that's actually <laughs> going to get you in trouble. So oh. if you life born, you're living right. Oh, there you go. This living right stuff is boring. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. We have I some wonderful. 
We have some wonderful co-hosts on the line. That, yes, um, we I do. Hear, yeah, hear how their how their weekends were. Hi, Nate. Hi, Liz. How are you doing? Hey, how are you? Hey, hey how are you? Doing? What's up, Nathaniel? How was your weekend? Mm-hmm. Um, my weekend was pretty boring. I just did, you know, the hurricane and chill type situation. A lot yeah. of Netflix, so I didn't really do much. I got uh, into this Netflix thing because I've never used it. You haven't? I started no. watching this movie last night on Netflix. What was it, what was it called, Nate? Black, Blackbird. Um, oh, the yeah, acting was just superb. It's going to get an Oscar. It was really good. Um, I had to cut it off because I couldn't take much more of it. I'll, I'll try to finish watching it tonight. But, yeah, I recommend to everyone that you definitely want to buy that movie. And, um, and Stay edit away from it. Now. <laughs> what? What did you say, Nate? Stay away from it. No. It was oh, and what was the movie called? Blackbird. Bl- Blackbird. Hmm. And it you it kind of reminds you of when you see a bird running into a window. Nate. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they got the title from. God bless. Oh, oh. Lord. It was good. If, I, if nothing but for, you know, just to, I don't know. Just Amusement. look at it. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, just look at it. Okay. Hmm. Well, Nate, how was your weekend? Well, you know what? I had a very eventful weekend. You know, oh, the so storm Lord. was coming, and I wanted to do all of I, I could to make sure that I was ready and prepared for the storm. However, I didn't have any money to do these things. So I went out, and, you know, I stole a couple of things. I got caught. <laughs> I got called, but I was able to go to the perfect place of shelter. So I was very happy that, you know, I was able to find shelter during the storm. But thanks for asking. Yes, yes. We had to check in on you. We never know. But, you know, there's been some hot things going on in the media. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, So stop that wheel. Yeah, the first thing, you know, this was the, the incident that happened, I think it was on Thursday in Oregon, the community college shooting. The 45th hour, you know, that blew me away when I was watching. I think I watched it on The the View, and they announced that it was the 45th shooting this year, school shooting. I had no idea that we hadn't gotten up mm-hmm. to that. And we're only in well, October. But it was the 45th right. shooting. You know, the guy, Harper Mercer, uh, went on campus. I think he was armed with, like, maybe 12 guns or whatever. And um, nine people total got killed. I believe many more had gotten shot. Um, but the whole thing behind it was um, it was it seemed to have been a personal attack against Christians because he had um, asked Christians, uh, asked the people before they shot them, was were they a Christian or or not? And the people that did reply that they were a Christian um, were shot in their head. Um, if they did not answer or they said they were not, they were shot somewhere else. Usually it was in their legs. Um, you know, wow. how it ended, basically, he committed suicide. He left a note to the police. I'm not quite sure what that note said. But the fact that those people, um, and I'm sure maybe the first person he shot did not know what the answer, what, what the, you know, the repercussion for were confessing that they were a Christian was going to be. But those who followed, I'm sure, knew that, you know, it was probably going to end in them getting shot. Um, so people did choose. They chose their faith. 
they said yes, and unfortunately they were shot in their heads and killed. My question to each of you, and I'm not going to necessarily ask you what would you do in that situation because that takes a lot of spiritual strength to make that decision. Um, but you can either answer that or you can just answer what is there or in what situation, what do you feel so strongly about that you'd be willing to, to die for it? What cause or what belief or um, what yeah. entity do you feel so strongly about that you are willing to die for it? That's my question. What say you? Hmm. Oh. Today, Pastor Mariner spoke about the exact same question. He opposed the same question to the church folk because he said, y'all say, for God I live, for God I die. <laughs> Come on. And then somebody asks you, are you a Christian? Yeah, you see that gun, you don't know what to do. I know. Yeah, but I, will, I know. I would hope to think that I would, I would, I would stand up for right because I, I don't know what the ramifications would be afterwards. Because he already said, if you deny me here on earth, hmm. now you hmm. for my father. So I, I think I would think about that, and I would have to just go, go on, on with it, just clench my teeth real tight, take the bullet. <laughs> You would take the bullet. I don't think I would have oh to take God. the bullet. I think I would have to yeah. pray first. Lord, am I going to heaven? <laughs> You're, he's not going to give you time to pray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You pray, they're going to know your answer, so you're going to be sure. I'm going to ask her. I'm gonna say, I think I would just pass out. <laughs> that would be my first thing. I would pass out. You know what? <laughs> what about you, Liz? You know what? Honestly, if I was asked that question, I, I'm a impulsive person, so I probably would have just said yes on impulse. And I mean, I'm I'm the type of person where if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. So ain't no reason to prolong it, you know. This is what the good Lord wanted for me. Then I mean, deuces, y'all. You know, tell exactly. myself, all right, give me a nice funeral, keep it moving. Because right. the thing is, if he shoots you in your head, you're just gonna die. If he shoots you somewhere else, you may bleed out to death. Well, you know what? Y'all so methodical. You know, y'all, y'all, you're just so good, Nate. You'd have thought this through. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I really, I mean, I would hope. It's one of those situations I feel like you don't know until you're there. Exactly. So I feel like if you're a believer, that's your election. You would hope that when you're posed with that question, you would say yes. But you really don't know. Until that gun is in your face, and you have that, you know, that last minute second, what are you going to do? I hope to God I would say I am, and whatever the ramifications are, they just are. But you don't know until you're there. All right. That's true. Um, am I here? I think I would definitely. I think I would. I don't know. I don't know. I like I keep hearing the song Stand Up for Right <laughs> in my head. But I I don't know. I just know I know number one, I know two things would happen. I know my body fluids would go their own way. I know that's gonna oh, happen. Because wow. you know, snakes and guns, those are my two biggest fears in life. So after I, I come to that. usually he'll Yeah, snakes and guns, those are my two number two number one fears. Two my two most greatest fears in the world, snakes and guns. So once wow. once I come to um I, I, I would hope and I, hope, I would pray that I would make the right decision and um, just take it. That's how I would hope. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. That's what I would do. Okay. And, that's, and I think it, it speaks. I, I can't. 
emphatically say yes. I need to work on that. Um, I think nobody can say yes. I, I mean, even the person who says yes probably would know it wants opportunity to present itself because you don't know what you could be thinking about. You could be thinking about your wife or your kids waiting for you That's to come true. home. So, right. I don't think I think everybody is. That would be a question that only you can make it that decision. Yeah. You will hope that you would say yes. God knows, I hope I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I would say, what you mean? What do you exactly mean? Because you know, I don't really get into all of this religion. Yeah, I'm not really y'all gonna die right now. <laughs> they just gonna go ahead and shoot you. You gonna say it too much? Lord, have mercy. Don't ask exactly. questions with a bullet to your face. Wow. Exactly. Well, that's exactly. Nice. But you know, I like to fight, so I'm gonna try to get the gun first. Well, you touch the gun. You're doing way lie. too much. Ain't gonna touch the gun. Way too much. But you know I'm a black belt, right? Nick, you remember that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. I, I, remember. I remember. I remember. I'm dead. Mm-hmm. I'm dead. Shay. Shay, what do you have to say, mm-hmm. my love? Uh, I just wanted to say that when the issue she stole my answer. But oh. I was thinking about it, and that's what happened. Like Nate was saying, you want to say yes, and you think about, in the Bible, um, Peter said yes. Peter, Lord, yeah. I never deny you. Mm-hmm. Didn't he say it? Denied him three denied times. him and cussed folks out for even saying. Well, Didn't he say it? So I yeah. think I think it is. It's, it's thing you don't know until you're in that position. I would hope yeah. I would say that. But I would I'm imagine the, war, that the reward would be so great. The ones who did say yes. Um, who were saved? That were their their yeah. reward. I'm sure. Yeah. Whether in this life or the next. Oh, it was in the next. Well, yeah, it's not going to be in this life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> we were hoping it would survive. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But what else has been in the news, Shay? Shay, you found something interesting. Oh, I did. Oh, that was ridiculous too. <laughs> there was a couple, and uh, this lady had RSVP that she was going to go, and she had something came up at the very last minute. She had kids. I think one of the kids got sick, and they sent her a bill. The, a bill? That she did, a bill, yes. They sent her the tab for the plate oh. that she did not eat that they had to pay for. And it was funny because earlier this week I had read an article from the other side of that that was from um, a woman who's married with kids, and she was saying, if I don't RSV, if I RSVP but I can't make it, here's a list of reasons why I might not have made it. Hmm. And that had a lot of people up in arms too because they took it as kind of this callous, um, yeah. I'm too busy to give you <laughs> enough of a response. <laughs> And you're like, there are reasons why I might not have made it. Oh, yeah, it was a whole. That's thing. something I would have done. <laughs> yeah, it was like, this is the yeah, that is. Name. You choose but, one. Um, <laughs> I think I think it, it's a good question because when you when you have a wedding, the reception is the you, the chunk of what you spend, and it's because yes. you spend money on food. So I mean, is it is it worth the price of alienating your friends? Like, who's 
wrong? Who's more wrong in that situation? Or are neither one of them wrong? I think. I, I mean, I think I it's kind of. They were wrong. You know. Okay. Oh, go ahead, Will. No, go ahead. Why don't you? Well, I, I don't think I don't think they were wrong for sending the bill. I mean, I just I have friends who are planning weddings, and I see people, you know, on TV planning weddings. Weddings are expensive. So if I plan a hundred dollars for you to come eat and you RSVP for this, you need to pay me back. Contacted the people after the fact and you know asked if there's no way that they could you know um, I guess appease the fact that they 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 realized that they did um, RSVP something came up and see if they can do something to rectify the situation. I don't know if I oh, would have no. gone out and sent a bill, but I just think the person who missed it who and I'm sure they realized that you know the dinner was prepaid and the, the expense mm-hmm. that went into it. It just would have been so much classier for them to have taken care of that themselves. Mm-mm. That's how I feel. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, Lord. What did you say? I was in Walmart today. I, I was in Walmart the other day. Remember I told you I was in Walmart? And this food is expensive out here. You hear me? Okay. And somebody missed a piece of meat that I done cooked and done paid for and went to jail behind? Oh, no. Uh-uh. No, you're going to give me that money back. Okay. Why did you go to jail? Because you know I stole it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In that particular situation that Shay was talking about, I remember what they had said was the woman had her mother was going to babysit her children. Right. And at the last minute, the mom called and said, something came up, I can't do it. So you can say, yes, yeah, she was wrong. She should have called the wedding guest, by me, if it's the last minute, you're on your wedding day. I don't have time to call you to say, oh, by the way, I'm not going to make it, me and my husband. Yes, you do. Well, okay, maybe you do. But here, here's my here's my whole point with that. When you have a wedding, you know things are expensive. You plan for so many people to be at the reception. There's a cost in the food. I get that. But there's a chance things happen. Somebody may not show up. So to send someone a bill for what they didn't eat because they didn't show up, I think that's a little bit crazy. I really think that's a little bit crazy. I mean, if it means that much to you, the loss of money because this couple didn't show up, you know what, maybe you should not have your wedding be that expensive. Or do what Alicia always says, elope, because then I don't have to worry about nothing. You show up, you don't show up. I ain't going to lose no money on the cake. I'm not losing no money on the food because if it's my food and you don't show up to eat it, Oh, you better believe, I'm going to get my money back. I ain't going to see you no bill either, but trust me, I'm going to get every dime and cent worth of what you didn't show up and eat in my own special way. And that's all I can say because I don't want to get in trouble. So just oh, everybody happy. That's why I just say hello. I ain't got to worry about no aggravation because here's another thing about weddings. Everybody want to talk about, well, you know, ah, uh, yeah. They this is how they do it. They could hit nicer this. The glasses could have been this. The champagne didn't. I don't got time for all of that because your money didn't go in none of this. So I'm just going low, go on my honeymoon, 
I might send y'all some pictures or whatever, and may the Lord bless you. You can still send me your checks, and everything has to be in denominations higher than $20. Thank you so much. That's how you do it. Then you don't have to worry about all of this. And I'm done. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) She said that. All right. Alicia, speaking of eloping, it brings me to my next point. Matt Damon says <laughs> that rumors of romance with his his buddy and pal Ben Affleck in what? his earlier part of his career what? put him in an awkward position of having to deny that he was gay. So my I didn't question know there was to no you, hey, me I didn't hear about it either. Oh, but my question to you guys is. Have you ever felt the need to address rumors or why? And why? Why or why oh, not? Should you address I'm rumors? I'm going first. <laughs> I choose my battles. I choose my battles. Some, some of them, they, they do need to be addressed, and I have addressed them. Some of them, I just, depends on who's saying it and what role they play in my life or could future play in my, play in my life in the future. That's how I determine whether I, you know, pay a nooch mm. or whether I address it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of them you need that you need a nip in the bud. I think. What you say, Alicia? Oh Lord, I was trying to be good. I would say the various times in my life. Because they think we sleeping now. together. You know that, right? That's what they, that's what the word is on the street. What? Okay, I don't want that for room. A whole lot better. <laughs> 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 what did you say? What did you say, lady? If we together, we would get along a whole lot better. Yes, Jesus. Oh, that's funny. Now, I've heard this that you're is my so husband. Delicious. <laughs> you know what? Thank you, five. Um, see, rumors I didn't even know about. See, you yeah. see how this stuff happens. And different now points you know. in my life. <laughs> Thank you, now I'm informed. At different points in my life, including now, I will say I, I felt different ways. You know, when you're younger, you know, you just feel like I got to defend everything. You know, you're you're talking about my reputation. You're talking about my whatever, blah, 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 blah. That's wrong. Now that I'm older, it's like, you know what? Some things I think your life should speak for you. So some things that people come against you with, they're just so ludicrous. I'm not even going to justify that with a response. And then other things, you know, whether they're true or not, hey, think what you want to think. If that's how you feel, okay, I'll be that. Um, I'll know the truth, and it's none of your business. But then again, you have the whole thing, too. When you're building a business and brand, sometimes people yeah. say things that are damaging to your brand. So That's sometimes you're going to have to come out and come out with yeah. something. To, But, you know, in the end, people are going to think what they want to think anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. but sometimes That's I think there's a certain amount of damage control that you do need to take care of. Exactly. That's yeah. when you need to call Nikki Curry. Nikki? Nikki <laughs> Curry. Need to some stuff. Olivia Pope, get her on it. She's like Carrie Washington. She can get it fixed like Scandal. Hello, <laughs> yeah. that's Olivia Pope right there. We can make some things. And also Glenda Kelly. Nate said Glenda Kelly. Oh, yes. Too. But go ahead. Yeah. Who, somebody was saying something next. Who was it? You know, I'm just, you know, sometimes you just got to steal and see the salvation of the Lord. <laughs> yes. oh, you know, I remember, I remember when Pharaoh's army was behind us. <laughs> You know what? <laughs> oh my God! And we didn't Why know do we what hear that he'll keep coming back? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pharaoh's yeah. army. Thank, thank you, Nate. Always bringing the spirit. It was me, Glenda Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read 
but all right. Yes, yes, <laughs> I didn't know. Maybe I need to call her for this new rumor I found out about. Yeah. I didn't know that, but she all right. She was okay. With all right. Now there'll be a rumor about that one. Exactly. Ooh. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> so, Liz, well, what do you think? Do you? Um, I personally, I've always felt like, you know, if I didn't say it to you, then why are you believing it? And also, I, I don't do a lot of he said, she said. Like, I want to know who said it and why they said it. So if someone comes Amen. to me with something, then I'm like, okay, well, who said that? Because I hate when somebody comes to me with the, well, somebody told me. Well, who somebody. Is somebody? Who, who is that person? Because or obviously, they. Or they. I don't, they and them. them. Or, or my favorite is, <laughs> I don't remember. No, big you uh, remember. <laughs> you remember clearly. Yeah. So my thing me. is, you know, if it comes to me like that, then I'll address it. But other than that, I mean, if you don't have nothing else to do than to talk about me, then, you know, do you. But unless it comes to me, I really, I, I personally just, I let it slide. Like, whatever. Do you, boo? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take your battles. What about you, Shay? Hey, guys, I have another question. Okay. Uh-oh. Oh, go ahead, Shay. Oh, I, I didn't have much to add. I got in a fight once in fourth grade. Cause what? Was the room. I hey. didn't want to be in a fight. I didn't Who did a what? Her. She got into a fight. It was tear pressure. It's like one of two fights I've been in in my whole life. And she got girl, is that on World Star? It's on World Star. Got to be. It was not on World Star. You know what, y'all ain't right. I'm a, I'm an old woman. This was before everything was on YouTube. Shay, girl, yes. Do you go back before everything? See. Mm-hmm. I've seen that, that fight on World Star. That was pathetic. <laughs> even if we had YouTube, it wouldn't have it wouldn't even made the round. <laughs> it's just it's not worth okay. it. It's not worth it. You're right. Yeah, in most cases, it's not worth it. You're right, Liz. What were you about to say? Oh well, I had another question. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, sometimes we're hard on ourselves, and then there's people who are very, you know, happy with themselves. So my question is, if you had a friend that you spoke to the same way you speak to yourself, how long do you think that person would allow you to be your friend and why? They wouldn't be my friend too long, not at all. They would hate me, actually. They would say, you, you're just, ugh. Oh, wow. I oh, think wow. I'm the hardest oh. on myself. And I, I'm i yes, sure I would, nitpick, I would nitpick them. Nothing would ever be right. I would always complain to them. Um, those are the things I'm working about. So I'm sure I would probably be pretty much like I am now with no friends. And, um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> well. I mean, she is a violin. She's supposed to be playing the violins. <laughs> yes, yes. Sorry, I, I put the. That was part of my releasing this week. I ain't playing the violins no more this week. Oh, okay. Next week, sorry. Well, 
what do you say? Well, I know you know what you're perfect, Patty. So you would you would probably have friends. Oh, yeah. no, you did not. <laughs> you did. Oh wow. I think my friends, if I spoke to them the way I speak to myself, mm-hmm. yes, they would still be my friends. And the reason why is because overall, I'm very encouraging. I mean, Mm -hmm. we all have insecurities. You all have moments where you, you know, you question yourself. Especially, I would say, and this is why I think... Did you say you all, or did you say we all? You said you all, right? So just us. I bet we all. I bet we all. Um, Okay. I don't remember (laughs) what I said, but... And I think this is one of your problems, Will. As you go up to different levels of success and achievement, Mm -hmm. it gets harder. So you do question yourself when you're ranked against people in different leagues, different levels. You know, it's not unusual for you to question yourself and how you measure up. So I think they would still be my friends because I'm just real with it. Overall, there's an encouraging theme, but there's also a self-reflective theme. I'm not going to talk negatively or talk down to you majority of the time, but, you know, I'm just real. So it's a balance there. So I think. Okay. Okay. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, Nate? That's another perfect pattern. Go ahead. No, he didn't. Well, because I speak to myself real nice, and, you know, I say really nice things to myself. I look at myself in the mirror, and I I really encourage myself. So I know that I could be... On a real periodically time, later. (laughs) I tell you, this conversation is getting worse and worse. <laughs> Mind our own business. That's when you get in trouble. Inside joke. Inside joke. I'm sure it was, honey. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I tell you, God is still on the throne. Hey, <laughs> no. I'm not right. Well, I would no, so you, you would, right. so you, you still have friends. You would still have a friend. I, I, I do think I would still have a friend if I spoke to him. Now, let me sure I Liz asked this question. That's if I spoke to, if my friend spoke to me the way I speak to myself. No, if I, you spoke to your friend the way you speak to yourself, would, would you still have that friend a long time? Yes, I would have a friend for a long time. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Perfect, Daniel. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's hear from some, some real people. Um, Shay or Liz? <laughs> Oh, you know what? You fired Will. <laughs> <laughs> you fired me. Okay. I know from your own show, but it can happen. Look at yeah. Donald Trump. <laughs> I guess you're right. Ooh. I guess you're right. <laughs> you are crazy. Yeah. Yes. But did anybody else want to respond? I, we have I a big show. Question was mine. Okay, go ahead. I want to know, does anybody, like, I really enjoy myself to the point that I'm Mm -hmm. worried that I'm overly egotistical because I really like spending time with myself. I just want to know if it's just me. No, it's not. Like, I was going to answer like that. Hello? Okay, what do you like about spending time with yourself? I have not figured that out yet. What? I'm smart. I'm funny. Like, Hello. I have great job. Can you know that for yourself? <laughs> and who is this speaker? Yeah. <laughs> Shay. So what? Shay told herself that she's smart and she's funny. And, I don't think she's all that great. And it is. <laughs> <laughs> Fade, honey. Fade. 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 F
You know what? I think this is the perfect time to go a commercial break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. I think we're going to go right on to commercial. Just reminding our listeners that the phone lines are open. Phone number is 1-713-955-0793. Because when we come back, we're going to have a phenomenal woman who is a mother, model, does so many different things, but also a breast cancer survivor. And the information that she's going to share with us is not just a women's problem, it's not just a men's problem, it's everyone's problem. So you definitely want to stay tuned for that and call in when we come back to Let's Face It. Hi, this is Celine Dion asking you to help put an end to premature birth. I share the concerns and fears of every parent, knowing that more than one million babies around the world die every year simply because they didn't get enough time to grow. Let's work together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit facebook.com slash worldprematuritytoday to find out how you can make a difference. Thank you for caring. Hi, this is Terry Crews, actor, former football player, game show host, father of five, and all-around big dude. I'm also an expert on drama. I know all kinds of drama. There's the good kind that comes with having a house full of kids. There's the bad kind like season-ending injuries. There's the necessary kind like having an agent in Hollywood. And there's silly drama like the drama around my percolating pectorals. And then there's the drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your high school diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. Or text DIPLOMA to 97779. Message and data rates may apply. Reply STOP to opt out. Touch DIPLOMA to 97779. And leave the drama to actors like me. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council. You're listening to Let's Face It, one of the hottest talk radio shows on the web. Are you looking for more exposure for your brand, product, event, or special story? Let's Face It Radio is the place for you. We're also seeking guest experts specializing in sex and relationships, health and wellness, politics, law, spirituality and religion, just to name a few. Looking for low-cost marketing opportunities? We'll look no further. We offer multiple advertising campaigns via website ads or audio commercial opportunities played live during the show. Visit www.letsfaceitradio.com and complete the appropriate contact form for more information. Welcome back to Let's Face This. Tonight I want to introduce Dion Young, who is a mother, model, performing artist, writer, Beyond Boots calendar girl, and activist, amongst so many other things. And if you look at just pictures or you're spending any time around her, it looks like she's living the dream. She's fearless. She's bold. She's powerful. But what the pictures don't tell it's the story of her being a breast cancer survivor and what she has actually gone through. 
So I'd like to welcome her to Let's Face It and introduce her to you all, Dion Young. How are you this evening, Dion? Hi, I'm doing well, doing well. Great. You know, I know we mentioned all of these things, and I know in previous talks, you you spoke about how you suffered from a rare, fast-spreading breast cancer, which just blew my mind. I had never heard of it and had no idea the way it spreads. Can you tell us what the name is and some basic information about it? Yes, absolutely. Um, my breast cancer type, um, first let me backtrack a little bit. Hello, everybody else. <laughs> Sorry. Hi. Hi. Um, My uh, breast cancer is actually called triple negative breast cancer. And what that means is um, what you guys hear in in, uh, the layman world is that there's breast cancer. Most breast cancers are affecting women's hormones in some type of way or another, either the estrogen, progesterone, or um, the HER2 is the the third um, hormone. But in my case, or in some women's cases, the cancer doesn't attack any type of hormone, uh, any of those three, and it's that's why it's called triple negative. If a cancer can attach to a hormone, it's easier for it to travel. It's easier for it to be treated because doctors can trick the hormones by feeding it medication. If there is no hormone involved, there is no medication for that. So there is um, there's very limited treatment options for a person with triple negative breast cancer. Wow. Wow. This is- this is Shay. Um, thank you so much for coming up here and sharing your story. I've learned a whole lot in just the last two, two minutes or so. So um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, though, how did you find out about the diagnosis? What that led up is, to that? That's a really good question and, and an important one at that because I actually did not have any real symptoms at all about with this type of breast cancer. I, I most of most people don't to be honest. They that they you don't necessarily know that you're walking around with a, a potential cancer. In my case, um I had a little bit of history in my family of breast cancer. My grandmother uh, had passed away some time ago from metastatic breast breast cancer. So they recommended when I was about 20 years old, all of the women in our family, uh, they didn't know much about it. So they told us, you know, you should get checked maybe every five years or so when you're about 20 years old. Well, I did that. I went and got checked every five years. And then as I got older, I started going a little more recurring. And it just, it was always negative. I had mammograms. I had uh, ultrasounds, every type of diagnostic test possible for them to determine whether or not there was cancer there, and it wasn't found that way. So mammograms are not always the um, the the all the, the the answer. They're they're really not always the answer. So what I usually try to encourage people to do every time they see me to connect their bodies. Because anything with a rash, a bump, a lump, a scratch, 
anything that shows up abnormally on your breast could potentially be cancer. And in my case, it was the fact that I have dense breasts, which most women do, once you have children and you get to a certain age, your breasts become dense, and it's harder for them to see anything in it, and it feels they feel lumpy anyway. So it just so happened that uh, my husband pushed me a little bit to, to go to the doctor this one particular year, two years ago, um, and I told him I wasn't worried about it because, you know, my breasts were always like this, and he he pushed me, and I waited a few months, and then I finally found a, a doctor who pushed it a little further, sent me to a surgeon, and they actually did a biopsy. And that was the only way that they can find the triple negative breast cancer by looking under a microscope. Mm. How are you, Dion? This is Will. Hi, Will. Hi. I have not talked to you since Live to Sparkle. But, um, I know. I, that was so much I fun. know. I've been watching you, though, and I think your story is amazing. Um, we share that, you know, we're passionate about some of the experiences that we've been through. I'm real vocal. A lot of people know that I had a kidney transplant, and I'm really vocal about um, kidney awareness um, and kidney health. I want to know from you, what was it like hearing that initial diagnosis? What what thoughts ran through your mind? Well, you know, it's weird. I wasn't um, – I didn't panic. I'm kind of a, a type A personality. I always have been. <laughs> I'm always kind of a go-getter, trying to take over the world. That's like my goal. Um, <laughs> but I didn't panic because when he said, I'm sorry, Miss Young, you have breast cancer, and I said, okay, cool, just fix it, you know, because I've been lost wow. in the pink. You know, I've, and that's what I call it. I've been lost in the pink fog every October. You know, all these women seem so happy and everything seems fine. So I just assumed that you could fix it and then and, and I would be fine. But um, when he told me, well, you have triple negative breast cancer, I had no idea what that meant. And I, I still wasn't afraid initially, but when he told me the the mortality rate of it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. It, w- it was so devastating, I couldn't, I couldn't even react. I, I couldn't cry. I couldn't do anything. Mm. Hi, Dion. This is Liz. Hi, Liz. How are you? Good. 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 So what is the survival rate for triple negative breast cancer? And also, what are the treatment options? Well, in in my particular case, um, you can have, they call it uh, some fancy words that I can't pronounce. It's like neoadjunct therapy and adjunct therapy. Basically, it means okay. that you can have surgeries and then chemo or chemo and then surgeries. With triple negative mm-hmm. breast cancer, as I mentioned before, there aren't any medications or anything that they can really give you for it because they don't necessarily know how to treat it yet. It's it's still something that's a little bit of an anomaly. Um, even the American Cancer Society, they're doing a lot of research and and triple negative breast cancer foundation there's lots of organizations that are popping up now which i'm i'm happy to know um that are researching other treatment options for us but right now the only treatment option is chemotherapy and most women um if they live beyond 3 years they have a higher survival rate um when i was first diagnosed the doctor told me i wouldn't make it 5 months that was mm-hmm. 
in wow. 2015. It's 2015 now. The Lord is blessing me. So I think I'm supposed to be talking to you guys today to let you know and others know that um, you need to be aware that this is something that that's out there and we need to take care of ourselves. Wow. And, Dion, I wanted to ask you, you said it's a spread, it's a fast-spreading cancer, and it's hard. You said something about under a microscope is the only way they can detect it. So, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you're fine. I I just, how would a person know that they have it? What would lead them to to, um, even check for this? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That is such a good question because that has been um, kind of what my my goal is in life nowadays is to tell people that you need to be aware of your bodies. You literally have to look at yourself daily in the mirror. You have to understand what your body feels like as far as your breasts are concerned, and that goes for men, women, and children. Yeah, I really really stress to people that especially um, when it comes to this non-hormonal one, uh, a right. triple negative, you have to know what your body looks like. And if there's anything strange, the only way that you're going to know that there's anything wrong is, I, I, as bluntly as I can say, is you have to touch yourself <laughs> and you have to touch yourself often and you have to look at it and know what's out of the ordinary. Because otherwise, the doctors are going to say that you have dense breasts. You have to be your own advocate. You have to be your own doctor, in a sense, to take care of yourself and to know what to look for if you see something out of the ordinary. And then, of course, there are um, uh, things that you can do, obviously, to try to prevent cancer, but that's with any type of breast cancer, with your weight, eating, you know, uh, not smoking, not drinking, you know, all the things that you think you're not supposed to do, those mm-hmm. are the only things that they're really there. And that will help prevent cancer. They say that, but there's still one in eight women are getting it or one in three people are going to have cancer before they leave this earth. So you just have to know your body. That's do your exams every single month. And, you know, that's a, another question I wanted to ask you. You were talking about the... Um, hormonal cancers and the non-hormonal. You know, we see a lot of our young girls are going into puberty sooner. Does that pose a risk for them when it comes to breast cancer? Absolutely, absolutely. We have a saying in my in in the uh, Beyond Boobs <laughs> that if you're old enough to have them, you're old enough to check them. Okay. Wow. So the earlier, the earlier the young girls know, I mean, because they're they're getting younger and younger. They're they're ten year olds and eleven year olds hitting puberty. I mean, my baby yeah. hit puberty really really early. So for ten and eleven year olds to start sprouting out uh, mammary glands, it's time for them to recognize what they look like and even show them how to check themselves, take them to the doctor so that they'll know. Uh, how to be aware of any changes in their body because, of course, their body is going to change. They're going through puberty. (laughs) But at the same time, they need to be able to recognize when there's something just completely out of the ordinary. Wow. So, so you, this is Shay again, you talked about how 
we're not necessarily going to find out by mammogram for all types of breast cancer. And um, what are some of the other myths or ideas that people have about breast cancer that are not necessarily true? I think the 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 biggest I think the biggest thing is assuming that uh having your yearly exams is the only way or the only thing that you should do to be aware of your uh your breast health. Um that's that to me is a big miss because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. I thought I was doing the right thing by getting checked every year. And that is not the case. There's a there's um a lot of uh, contradicting information out there on the internet and TV and what you're supposed to be doing. But the, the the basic three, the top three that we should be doing is making sure that we have our mammograms. You should still do that. You should still have clinical exams. But the most important thing is that breast self-examination, that you know what's out of place. And we have... Um, Another uh, term we throw around at Beyond Boobs is called an uh, early detection inspector. And if you have a man in your life, <laughs> he would love that job, I'm sure. That's how mine was planned. <laughs> yes, he says, that doesn't feel familiar to me. <laughs> so you might want to assign that person to answer, even if it's like I, I am the EDI for my girls. I'm I'm going to check. I'm paranoid now. I check strangers. I have no problem doing that. So <laughs> it's definitely a good idea to to basically do your homework and and think before you pink, as I always say. Don't just assume that you're doing the right thing. Don't just assume that you're you know you're helping in any kind of way with the different um, charities and things like that. My my hope for as a breast cancer survivor and fighter is that you are aware of yourself. Don't be aware of me. I'm already aware of my breast cancer. I want you to be aware of your potential. Mm. It's a good point. Um, One of the other questions um, that kept coming up was, what does it mean about being in remission or the term NED, no evidence of disease? What, what, does that, what is that all about when it comes to breast cancer? Um, I think a lot of people talk about, um, uh, a lot of people ask me that, um, are you in remission? And to me that's a confusing question, uh, cancer fighter slash survivor you're really in remission until you don't need the cancer doctor anymore, as far as I'm concerned, because I have to go to the doctor every three months. There are some uh, pink sisters of mine, they have to go still twice a week or or uh, every six months or, or something like that. But what it means to be in remission, it means that you've, you've had your surgery to remove any evidence of cancer, and that's what the no evidence of disease is. You can have the surgery and have no evidence of the disease, but still need to have chemo, still need to have radiation, still need to be on medications for cancer treatment for many, many years following that. So to me it's kind of, I mean, and that, maybe that's just my, my anger with breast cancer. 
I don't feel like I'm ever out of remission. I always feel like I am uh, fighting every day, I'm surviving every day, and I'm stronger every day because I got to another day. <laughs> right. Miss mm, Young, as an African-American female, what is the difference in this type of breast cancer in African-Americans versus other races? And is there a difference in the risk factors for men versus women? Um, yes. Actually, um, triple negative breast cancer actually is uh, typically found in more of women of color. Um, there there are some Caucasian uh, women also that that do have triple negative breast cancer. I am sisters with some of them in in this area. However, um, it's a predominantly um, African-American and Latina uh, disease affecting women of color. As far as men are concerned, it can also attack men as well. Um, The thing with men is that it's just like with triple negative, it's not very well known how men contract it. But because um, um, men have male and female chromosomes and things like that, there's a lot of scientific things out there to tell us about how men are built. But usually they can also contract any some type of breast cancer because they do have female hormones in their body, whether they realize it or not. They may not want to admit that, but they all have some sort of female hormone in their body. So they also have to be very aware of their bodies if they are obese or if they were also um, pubescent early, it can be dangerous for them. If It's only about maybe two or 3,000 men per year get breast cancer, but about a quarter of them die because they don't know how to uh, catch it early. So I try to tell wow. them as well to know their bodies and make sure you're aware of who you are. Um, as far as the triple negative breast cancer amongst African Americans and Caucasians, um, cancer as a whole, breast cancer as a whole, um, is the second leading cause of the, the cancers with with the, with women. Um, even though Caucasians typically are more likely to get cancer, a breast cancer, black Latinas. Women of color are more likely to die of breast cancer within the first three to five years. Now, it could possibly be because of um, there's a study going on with the American Cancer Society right now um, that that I'm not, you know, just throwing out numbers and things at you guys, but (laughs) I don't want you to think I'm just making up stuff as I go along. Um, The incidence of breast cancer and death rates are higher in predominantly, um, like in, um, trying to think of what the the names, like Colombia, Ecuador, Egypt, Mexico, these are all places that are um, economically uh, less advanced than we are here. Also places where people of color reside, and that's the same here. We still have a higher um, rate of death as African Americans and I'm actually and I'm hoping there's a listener out there somewhere. I'm actually one of my own personal um 
one of my own personal goals is, is I want to find more than three women who have lived five years beyond uh, diagnosis of triple negative breast cancer. So far, I found one. Mm. That's it. Wow. Just one. I found one woman. Wow. And I've been looking for about a year. So every woman that I do meet with triple negative breast cancer has passed on before me. So I I really hope that there is somebody else out there <laughs> besides me and this one other woman that I've met. Wow. Jeez. But I do want us to be aware. That's, you know, why I talk to uh, people of color. I do stress it more with them. I'll be honest, I stress it a little bit more because there is a higher mortality rate there. So, Dion, I've heard yes, you mention Beyond Boobs a couple times tonight. You are Miss December 2016 for Beyond Boobs. Yes, I point. am. So what <laughs> in the world is Beyond Boobs, and what is the exclamation point for? Um, Beyond Boobs is, um, I love this organization. It is a charity uh, that I found through getting out here doing the awareness on my own, and I happened to meet a calendar girl from Beyond Boobs last year um, when I was doing uh, an awareness event. And she told me about the organization, and I reacted the same way. I said, what in the heck is Beyond Boobs? <laughs> and she said that they actually support young women, um, and, th- and that is part of their mission. They actually support young women diagnosed with breast cancer and provide breast health education for everybody. So it is... Um, it's, it's dedicated to young people, young women specifically, because I think uh, for the most part we get unnoticed because we're so young. You would think that there's nothing wrong with us, but that we've we have a, a sister in the organization that I think she's like 28 and she has breast cancer and kids. So it's a little more. Um, this, this organization is a little more tailored and sensitive to the needs of someone like me who looks healthy and vibrant but struggling with a breast, di- a breast cancer diagnosis. And the exclamation point is that Beyond Boobs, the organization uh, director and the assistant director, they will not let us be sad. Like, they, <laughs> they will not let us lose sight of survival, of being happy, of... Uh, just being excited to live and laugh and have a good time. So the exclamation point is there because they want us always to the exclamation point. And anybody who knows me and speaks to I live with an exclamation point anyway. <laughs> so I just get right in to Yahoo's as since represent um the calendar. I'm I'm very pleased I've been chosen uh, out of 45 women. I was one of the ones that was chosen um, to speak for them and to be a part of the calendar, and I'm really excited about it. Wow. Well, Will. Go ahead. Go ahead, Will. No, I was just going to say, because I know she had elaborated a little bit about Beyond Boobs, but but I want to know what's the main difference between Beyond Boobs and the other organizations that are out here, though. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I think, let me see, how can I say? (laughs) Beyond Boobs is more about the health of a survivor. 
as opposed to looking for a cure or uh, walking for a cure or anything like even though we have uh, things like that going on. Beyond Boobs is not actually looking for a cure. It's more about the person who is going through it right now. I mean, mm. yeah, we all want a cure, but I need something right now. And that's why Beyond Boobs really, um, it was very attractive to me because of that, because I, d- I, don't, I don't want somebody to send me a list of things of what they're trying to do to help find a cure. I already have it. <laughs> I, right. That's, the, to me, the major difference between them. Oh, okay. Thank you. I wanted to thank you so much for coming on and just sharing all of this information. I'm actually going to pass this information on because I'd never heard of triple negative breast cancer. Um, How can our listeners continue to follow you and if they want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Um, I'm pretty open. I'm an open book. <laughs> I can be found on uh, Facebook. I have a a, a a public page, a Dion Young public page that they can like and message me on. I also have a private page that they can email, inbox, whatever. My direct email address is mrs. period d-i-o-n-n-e young at gmail.com, and I can be called. You can give me a call if you have any questions about Beyond Boobs or anything related to breast cancer. I'd be happy to speak to you guys. My phone number is 757-338-3256. And you can go to our website, um, the www.beyondboobs.org. Again, thank you so much. Y'all make sure you go to the website, go to Beyond Boobs, um, check out Miss Beyond Young. She's uh, so passionate about really just getting this information out. So listen, find out more, spread the word, support somebody. Um, we thank you again for having, for coming on the show, for allowing us to ask you these questions, and yeah. we are going to go to commercial break. We'll be back. Thank you. Thank you, guys. The human voice. It can be sweet as music, powerful as thunder, and so, my fellow Americans, cheerful as laughter. But for millions of people, it can also be a sign of COPD. This serious lung disease can make it so hard to breathe, you often can't catch a breath or finish a sentence, let alone carry a tune. And many who have COPD don't even know it. That's where your voice comes in. If you think you or a loved one have symptoms, talk with a health care provider. Early diagnosis can mean better treatments and quality of life. Join us in raising our voices for the millions of COPD who can't. Learn more, breathe better at NIH.gov. Not on my watch. 
our military service members say as they volunteer to serve. Not on my watch, they say, as they leave their families behind to keep the rest of ours safe. As they move out, stand firm, and take fire. So not on our watch, we say, to the severely ill or injured veterans who can't get the care they deserve, the therapists they need to walk again, the treatment they need to talk again, the lifetime of day-to-day help they need to live full and independent lives. When there's no more government funding, or a nursing home seems like the only option, or everyone says there's no hope for recovery, we won't leave one warrior behind. Not on our watch. Find out how you can do your part at findwwp.org. I'm a firefighter. A teacher. I'm a farmer. I'm a barber. A waitress. A mom. We're all part of your community. Every day we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our everyday. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when you experience a moment of uncertainty, something or someone's behavior that doesn't seem quite right. These are the moments to take a pause. Because if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not. It's not about paranoia. Or being afraid. It's about standing up and protecting our communities. One detail at a time. Because a lot of little details can become a pattern. We. 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 We trust our instincts. Just like you should. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. Hi, this is Terry Crews, actor, former football player, game show host, father of five, and all-around big dude. I'm also an expert on drama. I know all kinds of drama. There's the good kind that comes with having a house full of kids. There's the bad kind like season-ending injuries. There's the necessary kind like having an agent in Hollywood. And there's silly drama like the drama around my percolating pectorals. And then there's the drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your high school diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. Or text DIPLOMA to 97779. Message and data rates may apply. Reply STOP to opt out. Touch DIPLOMA to 97779. And leave the drama to actors like me. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council. Welcome back. You're listening to Let's Face It. And, you know, sometimes, Will, we have awesome opportunities in our life outside of the radio station. Um, One of those, and I have to give a quick thank you and shout-out to uh, Judith Richards, who is the editor-in-chief for Super Fabulous, or actually Supernaturally Fabulous uh, magazine. And, actually, she was responsible for setting up the interview with Orange Loft PR out of Los Angeles, uh, with Carrie Too Smooth Marshall Jr. And just a wonderful artist, internationally known, has worked with some of everybody. Um, and it was just a privilege to really sit down with him and interview with him and just hear so much of what he brought, 
not only to the music world, but just the industry in general. Um, so it was just, it was a no-brainer to actually invite him to come on to Let's Face It and hear from him again for our listeners. Um, one of the things, just his long list of people he's worked with, um, I know he just came back from Dubai with um, Jason Derulo. Um, he's done a lot of things with him in Malaysia. Um, he'll be going out soon, I believe, with Lettucey, um as her lead guitarist and just a long list of people that he has worked with. Um, but definitely, I, I would just love for, for you guys to be able to sit down and speak with him and just hear everything that he has to say in relation to business, life, and the music industry in general. Um, so please, let's face it, family, help me to welcome Carrie Too Smooth Marshall, Jr. <laughs> Thank Carrie, you. how Thank are you. you this evening? <laughs> I'm great. I'm great. It's great talking to you again. Um, yeah, it's great. You just came back too. from Dubai? Yeah, I got back from Dubai. Um, it's been about a week now. It was a great time. Uh, the show was amazing. A lot of crazy energy and a lot of great things to see and look at. Wow. And I, I'm sure um, Jason is a whole entertainment package in himself. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, yes. But something interesting I learned um, in the information you sent for this show is that you mm-hmm. actually served in the Army for eight years. I did. I did. Did not know that. And you actually had yeah. a near-death experience. Yes. Um, it was a, a crazy um, eye-opening moment for me that allowed me to see, you know, that um, I have greater purpose for my life. There's something like a greater calling I need to do. Oh, wow. And did you want to elaborate on that? Uh, yeah, I could just talk about it briefly. Um, we were on a patrol, and uh, we had been walking for a long, long time, and um, I was super tired. And uh, my platoon sergeant was like, no, let's just move a little bit further. Let's go check this house. And, um, you know, a little reluctant, but, you know, uh, he was like, let's go check this house. So we went and we checked this house. And we found there was an old man at this house. So we kind of doing, like, route clearance. And then five minutes later, I just felt this huge, massive, like, shockwave. Like, and I saw this loud explosion later on. And um, where we were, there were, like, um, eight guys that were there um, that had just been hit by, like, an IED. So it was really literally like five minutes from me not being here having this interview today. Um, that's the difference, wow. just five minutes, yeah. And that experience actually led to you pursuing your lifelong dream. Exactly, because, uh, I mean, just for uh, when I was in the military, it was I was just going along to kind of get along. You know, you don't want to raise too much fuss. You're just getting a paycheck. You're doing your job. You're kind of going out. Um doing your duty as a, as a soldier. And sometimes you, you forget that, like, you have greater purpose because, again, you're just kind of in the moment. But that just let me see how precious life is. Like, literally five minutes was the difference of me being alive and not being here. So that's when I just did a lot of soul searching and realizing that I have a dream that I want to definitely go pursue. And then when I get to a certain level, I want to inspire other people and always give back so that way that they know that they can achieve their dream as well. Wow. Wow. Awesome. Well, yeah. Carrie, yeah. this is Nate. Hey, how are you? I'm good in yourself. I'm doing great, thank you. Now, how long did you play the guitar? How long have you played the guitar before you, when you were in the military? I started playing guitar when I was 11, so it's been something I've been doing way prior oh, okay. to me. Yeah, um been playing in church and played for a couple of different groups around the city of Birmingham, uh, but it was just something that was always a, a part of my, my me as a person. I, I did music like in high school and middle school as well. 
And how did playing the guitar help you get through your time at war? Honestly, it was like a, a sense of like a relief. It was like therapy. It was very therapeutic. It's like my way of I was at war, but like me playing was just like I got lost in the music. It just was a, a way of just kind of clearing my mind from everything that I've been dealing with. And also a chance to inspire other soldiers. I would play songs that they knew. We just kind of like laugh and joke around and sing the songs, kind of like a, you know, a bonfire moment. Cool. Yeah. How you doing, Carrie? This is Will. I'm, I'm okay, sorry, Will, Alicia. how are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Um, I was just looking through everything, and I see that before you really became this international success, um, you really became a staple musician in your, your hometown of Birmingham, Alabama, correct? Yeah, I mean, I, I played everywhere in Birmingham. I was in a band called Fifth Element. We did a lot of shows with uh, Logan and a lot of different entertainers in that city. And that was the catalyst that really gave me the foundation to play at the level that I am now. Like, all the mistakes that you make at, when you start beginning on TV, I did all that, that stuff back in oh. Birmingham, which really kind of prepared me for the stages that I'm on right now. Oh, okay. Well, give us a little bit more information about, you know, how your time there really helped shape you. Musically, honestly, yeah, like I mean, all the morning shows that we did while we we're back in Birmingham, learning how to be on time, how to like perform on TV, learning the difference of like um, showmanship at different shows, playing uh-huh. a classic, um, just really like learning how to be an entertainer because it's more than just playing an instrument. You really have to sell the show, so to speak. You have to be entertaining so people are not just looking at you like, okay, they're playing, but uh-huh. I don't feel anything from from the show. So I learned a lot of showmanship. I learned how to actually learn how to play a song properly, how to play along with the band, um, just really how to solo, how to just really carry your show. And was that from the age, because you said you started playing around 11, was that from the age 11 when you really started working on your craft or about what time? Uh, Really, honestly, um, I was probably in my mid-20s when I came back from being in the military. That's when I really started playing a lot more locally. uh, in the local venues in Birmingham, that's when I really started learning how to own my craft um, as far as, like, being a professional and playing professional. Okay, great. Yeah. And, Carrie, one of the things that impressed me in our previous conversation was just your mm-hmm. business savvy. And um, yeah. you, you brought some things home that I think all, all people, business, you know, musicians, it doesn't matter, they need mm-hmm. to know. Um, but definitely for our aspiring musicians, can you share with our listeners some of the things business-wise that they need to pay special attention to? Um, yeah, definitely. When it comes to business, you want to make sure that you're on top of your, your invoices. You want to make sure that you know how to handle all your paperwork properly, make sure you're filling out all your forms. And then, too, just about managing your resources. Don't spend all your money up front because, you know, it takes sometimes it takes a little bit of time between paychecks for you to get paid for the next time. So really just understanding, like, budgeting, creating a budget, and then don't try to spend your money to impress other people in the industry because there's a lot of people that, you know, they try to buy the new shoes, buy the, you know, the new car and the, and the bling to try to impress other people and are struggling, like, behind closed doors. So, like, live beneath your means. You don't have to impress anybody financially. Like, save your money, um, you know, create a budget and just, you know, be smart about the things that you, you invest your money in. And I know you said that there is a big difference. Um, Some of the tips that you were sharing, there's Mm -hmm. a big difference, or or sometimes this is the reason why. You have great people that are awesome musicians, but Mm -hmm. you never see them blow up because of the way they handle their money. 
That's very true because, again, um, they, they spend their money fervently on things that aren't really important, so they don't make the necessary investments that are going to help them, like, you know, go to the next level. That's interesting. Yeah. Very so, Carrie, what made you decide to pack up and move all the way across the country to Los Angeles? I got, I honestly got frustrated where I was. You know, you you've realized you kind of reached the the pinnacle of where you are, and I got an opportunity to play in LA and New York, and to play with some major artists and to see what it felt like. You know, from having accommodations and nice hotels, large stages, and just the energy and the way you're respected. A lot of times in local venues, people kind of just they don't really give you the necessary credit or the validation that you want because, it, oh, you're just a local artist, and they kind of just brush you exactly. off. Exactly. When you play for a major artist, you get this whole new, like, everybody, new outlook. Everybody looks at you as if you're, like, some sort of superstar. So I wanted to have that every day because that was my major dream. Um, so my band members and I, we decided just, like, we're going to take a faith move, save our money, and pack up, and then drive across the country. So it took us, I think, like, two and a half days in the U-Haul. We packed everything we owned, came right here to Los Angeles, and, uh, the rest has been history. God has been good, and he's really opened a lot of doors for us for us to, to be successful in this industry. And how has that transition been for you from Birmingham to Los Angeles? Um, it Honestly, the first few months were a little difficult. Had we not planned financially, we probably would have moved back. But um, just because, again, you have to be – you're that new face. You have to kind of kick in the door. Nobody's going to really hand you anything when you get to, the, to Los Angeles. So having to go and kick in the door and – played a lot of different open mic nights, do a lot of things for free initially until, like, somebody recognized us and was like, hey, this, these, these guys are really good. Um, I remember playing at my first open mic night, and somebody in the crowd was like, hey, man, you're really good. I got an opportunity for you. And it happened to be with Chrisette Michelle. So I was oh, for that. wow. Yes. So what are some of your biggest accomplishments since moving to Los Angeles? Um, my biggest accomplishment, I would say playing for, like, uh, some of the artists that I really looked up to. Um, Let Us See, number one, getting a chance to play with her on her um, last tour and still working with her currently, and also playing on Good Morning America. You know, you're a kid from a small hometown. You always want to get on a national syndication so everybody can see you. So the first time I did Good Morning America with Let Us See, just to see the feedback that I got, um, my phone was ringing constantly. I had a million emails and text messages saying, man, we saw you on TV. I, I thought that was you. Was that you playing? So just to um, have that sort of feedback for me was really great. Um, and then also with Jason Gerillo playing in front of a crowd of 150,000 in Morocco, that was mind-blowing because I had never seen anything like that um, before in my life. So those are some of the, the accomplishments that I was really excited about when I when I first got here. And then now just, like, being one of the staple guitarists in the industry is something that I'm really proud about. That's awesome. So the, the styles from the East Coast to the West Coast, you know, they are drastically different. I want to know, how has your personal style changed, you know, since moving over to L.A.? Yeah, so um, when I was in the South, you know, in the South, we were really big on, you know, being dapper as far as, like, bow, bow ties and, you know, blazers yeah. and pocket squares. I had to change that real quick because I, I kind of, like, I hate to use the term country bumpkin, but that's kind of how you come <laughs> off in the West Coast. You got the, the bow ties and the, you know, pocket squares and the blazers. So I had to, like, modify a little bit. So the fashion sense out here is, is, is completely different. Um, just, you know, I wear a lot more black and, you know, like jeans and tennis shoes than I did before. I used to rock loafers, man, and, like, really nice socks and jeans. You know, I was really, like, I thought I was on 
like you know one of those guys on GQ. But uh, right. out here, you kind of got to be more a little bit more laid back in your fashion um, out here on the West Coast. So it's more casual over there. I always heard that. Yeah, a little bit more casual. casual. Yeah, you know, a lot of less fuss. Yeah, a lot more ripped up jeans and long t shirts, and everybody's uh, rocking these uh, these hats. I've been trying to get uh, one, you know, so hopefully I get one of these hats one of these days. <laughs> that's where I need to be. <laughs> okay. Oh Lord, yeah, we we don't we don't want Will to go to L A. Um, <laughs> although the way he dressed, he probably would be perfect for L A. <laughs> But, Carrie, you've achieved the type of success that many dream of. You know, there's Mm -hmm. so many aspiring musicians out there. They're talented. They work hard, but it seems like they can't get a break. So what advice would you give uh, to them? Honestly, with them, I would tell them they need to evaluate their situation. If you you find a market that's going to be best for you, if you need to move there, plan financially to go there, pray, like, you know, go take a couple trips. Like, for me, before I moved to L.A., I took probably, like, maybe seven or eight trips just to make sure that, number one, it's what I wanted to do in my heart. Because a lot of times we see stuff and we think it's what we want to do, and when, once we get there, we realize it's not what we want to do. So I would say take a couple trips, mm-hmm. go check and see, and then while you're there, network. Find people that are in the industry that you want to be in and exchange information, like, you know, and do collaborations because when you're bringing something to somebody, people are more willing to work with you versus if, like, hey, man, look out for me. They feel like you're taking something from them. Network, pray, plan, and then I feel like you'll be successful. And then you have to have, like, blinders on because there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be trying to discourage you and tell you that you ain't going to make it, you're not going to be whatever. But if you know that's your dream and your purpose, like like I say all the time, show them better than you can tell them. Don't exhaust yourself by selling the story. Just Just live your dream. That's awesome. a good point. And now so, Karen, what's you next for you? Uh, for me, um, like I said, I got a couple of dates with Lettucey. Um, I have a performance in my hometown, which I'm really excited about, um, in November on Veterans Day, um, an interview and performance. So I'm really excited about that. And then also I'm starting to work on my sophomore album. Um, so looking forward to hopefully getting it out next year. Uh, that's something I'm really, really, really passionate about, really excited about. Okay. That's good. But That's I also really good. had to ask you, too, Carrie, um, one mm-hmm. of the things you're known for is your social media following. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much every single social media medium that you're on, you just have thousands of followers. Um, of course, <laughs> people would say that's because you're a big-time celebrity now, but mm-hmm. before that, how did you build that audience? Honestly, it was it was a lot of trial and error. Um I remember having a talk with my mentor back in Birmingham, and he asked me, what was the difference between me and any other guitar player? And I could not answer that question. And he eventually told me nothing because I didn't have a way to market myself. I didn't market myself. And he explained to me the importance of social media and how that you have to consider yourself like a product, even though people may not like a certain product, but they know about the brand. So he was like, even if you put out content that people may not like, if you're putting out enough and it's getting enough hits, people will begin to recognize you. So I used to put out videos playing guitar when I when I wasn't very good and I just I just wanted people to see and wanted people to take notice and I started tagging a lot of people that were successful. And one thing led to another, people started sharing the videos and the next thing you know I got a phone call, hey come do this. So every time I tried to do something I would always try to share the behind the scenes of this is where I'm at, this is what I'm using, this is the song that I'm playing. I would take suggestions from people. What song do you guys want to hear this week? That way I made people feel like they were part of the journey with me versus like trying to just isolate them and be like, hey, just follow my stuff and not feel like they had a sense of 
a belonging to what I was doing. So just a lot of dedication, a lot of hard work, and a lot of, like, just trial and error, uh, which some things worked, some things didn't. But it was just one of those consistency, I think, when it comes to social media, would probably be your best friend. The more consistent you can be with social media, the bigger your following can be. Good tips. Definitely good tips. Mm-hmm. And, you know, since we talked about social media, then we have to bear the question before we let mm-hmm. you go. How okay. can the listeners follow you? <laughs> As if most <laughs> of them don't do that already. <laughs> okay. um, on Twitter and Instagram, my handle is Carrie2Smooth. I spell K-E-R-R-Y, the number two, S-M-O-O-T-H. And then on Facebook, it's Carrie and then 2Smooth, T-O-O-S-M-O-O-T-H, Marshall. Um but yeah, just follow me and I follow back. Um, like the comments, add. You can ask me any question you want. I, I respond to almost everything. And if I don't, if I don't get to it, then I'll get to it eventually. Um, and then uh, same thing on um, on YouTube. It's Carrie Marshall Jr. Or you can type in Carrie Too Smooth, and everything will come up. So. And I, I forgot to. I have to ask this last question. How mm-hmm. did you get the name Too Smooth? <laughs> So Too Smooth is like a nickname. When I was really younger, um, I want to say maybe about 11, 12, I used to play for this quartet group. And um, I was I was playing, but everybody was like, man, you're so cool, you're so smooth, you never move. Somebody said, you're just too smooth. And it was just a childhood nickname that stuck. So from there, I was like, oh, man, that's too smooth. You don't never move, but he can play. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, again, Carrie, we, we thank you for the time, especially all the pearls of wisdom that, that you've given us and all the insight on the industry. And, of course, all well, the things you. about business. We can yeah. all use that. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely enjoyed the opportunity to be able to share, and uh, I pray that, you know, that somebody will be able to take what I've said and use it to advance to where they are in life to get to where they want to be. Oh, Absolutely. Awesome. And we wish you all the blessings for everything you have coming on, because I think you're going out next with Legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we start the run in a couple of weeks, so we'll be going out doing a lot of different jazz festivals. So really excited about that. She's awesome. an amazing performer. Amazing. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. But, again, thank you for coming on, and have an awesome night and much success in everything that you're doing. I appreciate it. You guys have an amazing evening as well. Thank you. Thank you. All right, take care. All right. Good night. You too. Good night. Wow. Just so much good information. Yes. Here's a rugged agent. Yes. Yes. So just, you know, so many things that that he shared, you know, but every time you talk to him, it, it's not just music. I mean, it's it's business. It's it's it spills over into a lot of different industries. Um so right. really good information. Right. Really good information. And, you know, Liz, Liz had made a good comment. She was just like, she feels like a lot of people have to leave outside of their home to really, to really reach their fullest potential. What do you think about that? Do you think it's necessary? You know what? Um, and I'll even bring the the cast back on to also participate in this. But it's one of the things when you're in college, especially when you're an undergraduate. Uh-huh. And you're looking at the the major that you selected, and then you decide the different paths you want to go into. That is one of the things they say. You know, even when you're in in high school picking your colleges and things, 
they do ask you, you know, well, what were you planning to do? And once you tell them, well, you know, this region or this area is better than this one. So that is true. I mean, sometimes it's not always where you grew up, you're born and raised. Um, sometimes if you know if you choose to stay there for whatever reason, you may not have the type of success that you want. And then other times, like he said, sometimes you're continually trying and trying and things aren't coming together. That might be your indication that you're not in the best place for what you want to do. It's time for yeah. a move. It's time for a change. That's true. That's true. What do you all think about it? Nate, what do you think about it? you think you need to move to really follow your dreams? Well, not to get so political or so biblical on you, but the Bible speaks about that, and it teaches you that you, sometimes in your own region they won't receive you, so you have to yeah. go oh, out. Oh, come on now. No man is a king. You're right. That's right. Go ahead, Nate. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Did I'm you pull that up on the when I go to jail? <laughs> what? I this pick something the Bible when I get in jail. jail but <laughs> You go, Nate. I've heard so many people, this is Shay, I've heard so many people talk about Hampton Roads and how, like, there's only but so much you can accomplish in this area. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, like, it's like there's a lid on it, and you have to go elsewhere to grow even more. I personally am looking forward to making that not true. Okay. So, I I think I think we can we can do it. Like Hampton Roads could do stuff. I think we can do it. You know, I agree with you, Shay, and then I disagree. And you know, <laughs> you you hit some good points. But one thing I know is, like, I'll say for instance, on my side, I live on the Peninsula um, area of Virginia, where you guys Egypt. are on like the South Side. Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> um, you keep teasing me about this being Egypt. But, you know, the one thing I notice, and it's the one thing I look at entrepreneurs on this side, like, you're crazy. It's wide open over here. Because so many things that are on and popping on the south side, not saying you can't compete with them, but you have less competition on my side. So it's like if you were an entrepreneur or you did have a business idea, you would be almost crazy not to really invest and make that happen because you have so much less competition here. So it's an area of opportunity. But then again, you know, for some things it may be so oversaturated that you might want to move elsewhere. You know, sometimes certain industries it's better to go to D.C. or Maryland or, you know, L.A. or wherever. Um, in rebuttal to what you said, Alicia, I think sometimes when people are planning their businesses, and, and more of your larger businesses, not your, not your really small private businesses, but some of right. your larger ones, I think they take into consideration where they plant their businesses, which um, I guess Absolutely. statistically is is more affluent areas over on the south side. You have Chesapeake, um, Virginia Beach, mm-hmm. areas like that. Um, that's why they're saturated with more of the businesses. I think probably, unless you're doing like a small independent type businesses, Nordstrom's wouldn't probably do too well on the peninsula, I don't think. Um, that's why they're playing it over here. You, I really? can't say that. No. I think it depends on where you go. What do you mean where really you go? really depends on where you go. And I have Nordstrom's department. Well. What? Go ahead. Because she was talking about planning, but no one plans to do porn. 
Okay, we weren't talking about porn, but go ahead, because porn can pop wherever you are, baby. Don't have to have no special place for that. You make your porn video wherever you are. It's just about where you, what housing company you use to distribute it. So you don't have to have no Lisa, how do you know so much about porn. this? I, I, <laughs> I know too much about a well, lot of people. She went whole separate show, boo. She went whole separate show. She went okay, in. Maybe it's time to it's time to wrap up. Yeah, it's it's time to wrap up. <laughs> I would just you know we, we enlighten people. Remember real issues, real talk, real people. We I give real right. information. I was giving real information. Oh my 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 helper helper. <laughs> Please yeah. do. What they say, y'all the words of prayer, tonight. pray my strength in the Lord. Thank you. Uh, I have really enjoyed you guys tonight. You've been wonderful. When you were paying attention, a couple of you guys weren't paying attention. Oh, I know he's talking. Ain't that it? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, we might not be on next week's show, so we'll tell us about next week's show. We might have to listen in. He might fire show. us like I threatened to yeah. fire him. <laughs> I have been waiting for next week's show. I've been working on it hard. Um, discovering your life's passion, purpose, and calling. Uh, you know, we've all heard it before. You know, do what you love. Follow your passion. You'll find that job that you would do for free. Yet passion really is one of those concepts that is difficult to explain. It's hard to find. And it's really impossible to measure. So um, it's really something that's unique to each one of us. And all of us have a, a passion. All of us really have yeah. this word calling. Uh, we're all called. So if you're breathing, you have a contribution. You know, you have a contribution to make to human community and society. You better say it. So, but the real work, you know, really is finding out what your function in life is, what your part of this this wholeness that we call the world. Some people call the universe, and to do it as soon as possible. Not like I am, you know, well into well up in age, still trying to find that thing that I'm here, you know, to do. But it's never too late. I've been told about that well into age stuff. Last year I would not be prepared to accept my assignment this year. So some things that we have to go through in life. I don't want to spoil the show, but next week I'm really working hard to make sure that it's one that people can walk away, hopefully one step from finding out, you know, what they are really here for. So I have next yeah. week coming on Chuck Carrington, which is my personal life coach, Nathan's as well. Um, of Virginia Beach Coaching and Counseling. He's going to talk about how to discover your true calling, identify your gifts and your talents, and also help you lead you um, points and in, in, in tidbits to help lead you closer to finding out what your true purpose is. Okay. Uh, we also have Mike and Kristen Berry, and they say that their purpose and passion is to reach overwhelmed, weary, and stressed out parents all over the oh. world with this message. There is hope. You're not alone on this journey. They have eight adopted kids, all from different, different um, ethnic backgrounds and life situations. And Mike is going to be here to talk about how his passion for this um, really led him and his wife on this journey to help reach other parents who may be frustrated with the idea of um, how to raise kids, um, how to foster kids, and especially adopted kids. Um, so they're going to hear, share how they live their lives on true purpose. And then last but not least, we have Janelle Stevens. She is the natural hair guru behind Camille Rose Naturals, which is a natural product line that's in Target, actually. Um, okay. And she's going to share how her concern and her passion for cancer patients actually helped her launch this super successful product line, which has hair products, bath products, and um, body products. So next week, we really have a, a really good show, and I hope that people walk away you know, with some good information. 
So do you guys have anything that you want to say before we sign off for our guest? I'm excited about next week's show. You're That's excited? awesome. That's good. That's good. Yes. Well, I want to thank everybody again for being on the show. You guys mean a lot to me. And I think about, um, I, I can't wait till Sunday nights at 8.30. We're sometimes 8 o'clock when we can get together. Aww. So um, have a I'll good week. Okay, you're rehired. I fired you, but oh, rehired. <laughs> <laughs> have a good week, everybody. And to our listeners, um, we'll speak to you next Sunday. Be blessed. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. We ask that you visit www.letsfaceitradio.com for up-to-date information on future shows, special guests, advertising opportunities, and exciting interactive ways that you can be a part of the show. Join us next week, same time, same place, for Real People. Real topics, real talk. Let's face it.